Well, hello, my friend. Welcome once again to another edition of Kingdom Rock Radio. On today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled People Bondage. This is part number six, and it is subtitled The Promise of Protection and Power, and it is part number two. I know. We're going to continue speaking from Psalm 91. And Psalm 91 promises protection and power. I cannot wait for you to get a hold of this message and declare this psalm over your life. We are covered under the precious blood of Jesus. So make sure that you have given him your life today because only he can make a way. Now, don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can find today's message and the entire series. So check it out today. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message, which is subtitled, The Promise of Protection and Power, part number two, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right, um, this morning morning we're going to go back into uh, part number six uh, of the series entitled, what? People Bondage. People Bondage. Going into part six of this. And today we're going to go into part number two, uh, the message subtitled uh, the power or rather the promise of uh, protection and power. We started here on last week. Now, let me tell you again how important this is. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is soon to come for his church. He's soon to come for his church. I don't know whether it's today, next week, next year, 10 years from now. But I know that Jesus is soon to come for his church. And I believe it. And I'm looking for his appearing every day. And having that hope gives me courage. It gives me confidence. It it gives me a sense of peace and joy. Knowing that um, the Lord can come at any moment. So what are we doing in this time? Um, it's, it, time is over for hypocrisy. Time is over for, you know, just doing things our way. No, now it's time for us to get really serious about serving the Lord. Are you hearing? But it can't be a works thing. You're going to have to enter in by grace and by grace alone. Because many of us can confess that you tried. I tried to live right. I tried to live godly. I tried, I tried, I tried. That's all works of the flesh. We enter in by grace now. Now we say, Father, by your grace, help me to live right. Father, by your grace, help me to walk pleasing, to walk a walk that is pleasing unto you. By your grace and by your grace alone, empower me to do your will. Does that make sense? That's what we're going to do. Amen. Because you keep on trying and trying, you're going to keep on trying and failing. Have we noticed that yet? Anybody knows that beside me? We try, we try and we try and we fail. You know, so it's time to give it up. Get over, give it over to the Lord. We can't do it. Can't do it. We have to give it over to him and receive his grace, receive his strength to do the things that we should do. Amen. All right. So today we're going to go go right back into the series today. So I pray that you have ears to hear and a heart to respond. All right. Well, we're in uh, part six again of this series entitled The People Bondage. This is part two of um, the promise of Uh, protection and power and in these evil days you will need to know both thank God that you're praying with me this morning all right we're going to start with our confession in Jesus saying that we've been uh, confessing the entire series you can read along with me confess along with me it would be nice uh, but if not just do your thing Uh, it goes like this I am loved and accepted by God through Jesus Christ, my Lord, because I believe in Jesus. There is no judgment against me. I, my family, my church, my community, my job and my school are divinely protected against all evil. My heavenly father has given his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. I am safe. I am, I am a fearless believer and I will seize every God opportunity that is presented before me. Today, I declare that I am more than enough 
I will live my dreams and move ever forward into divine destiny. Say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We receive the grace of God now. Father, I receive it in Jesus' name. All right. Um, so over the series we've been talking, I've, I've, last time I gave you about 19 different ways to overcome fear. 19 different ways to overcome fear. Understand that Jesus says in the last days, men's hearts will fail them because of fear. Fear will be such a big thing in our country, in our nation, in this world. People will be so afraid. A lot of our fears come from other people, being afraid of other people. What will they say about me? What will they think about me? They may not like me. I'll be rejected. All these fears. This, this is what we call people bondage. But it's not always a fear of what someone will say or do. Sometimes it's a fear of not having enough money. Uh, a fear of, you know, going to be put out the house. Fear of losing the job. Fear, 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 fear. Uh, but we made this statement as well. What would you do if you had no fear? What would you say if you had no fear? Would you serve the Lord if you, if you had no fear? Would you sing for him? Would you prophesy of him? Would you tell others about Jesus if you had no fear? Would you ask for that promotion? Would you try to get that job? What would you do if you had no fear? If you were truly fearless. Hallelujah. If we can list a lot of things or thinking about a lot of things that we would do, then that tells us that there is still some sort of bondage. You're still restrained because of fear. Help me tell your neighbor, you're not a caged animal. You cannot allow feelings. Many times fear is just a feeling. You cannot allow your feelings to rule your life. Let's say that again. You cannot allow your feelings to rule your life. Don't be ruled by your feelings. You, you hear me? We can be ruled by our feelings. You don't know what to be true, but you're ruled by a feeling. Can't do that anymore. We got to move on now. Hallelujah. Got to move on. Praise God. So we gave you 19 ways of overcoming, and uh, we were stopping here at, verse, at uh, the fifth thing, which was pray for deliverance. Uh, begin spiritual warfare, uh, declaring the word over your life. Now, we're going to enter into the blessings and the promises of God. Uh, um, and this is how you enter into the promises of God. Uh, the way you came in the front door of the kingdom is the way you will receive everything else in the kingdom. The way you came in the front door is the way you'll come into or go into everything else in the kingdom of God. Let me say that again. The way you enter the kingdom of God is the way you will enter every other promise, every other blessing in the kingdom of God. Well, how did I enter in the front door? How did I receive Christ? Well, Romans 10 chapter tells you, Romans 10, uh, 9 and 10. We'll get that some other time, but you can make a note of that in your, uh, make a note of that in your notes. Romans 10, 9, it says, if you believe, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, you're going to be saved. For with the uh, heart, you know, we believe and, you know, with the mouth confessions made unto salvation. So we're going to, we're going to believe with our heart and confess with our mouth. This is how you began, this is how you were saved. Now, just because it was written in the Bible that Jesus died on the cross to save you of your sins, uh, did that mean that you were saved? Some of you heard about that, you know, when you were smaller children. But that mean, did that mean that you were saved then? Jesus died long before you and I were born and rose from the grave long before you and I were ever born. Does that mean that we were saved then? No. When did we enter into this? When we believed in our heart and then confessed with our mouth. That's when you actually entered into the promise of God. God promised you healing. He promised you deliverance. He promised you salvation. He promised to save your soul. When did all that begin to happen to you? When it because you got a Bible and, you, and it's at home your coffee table? Remember, here again, Jesus died and rose from the grave over 2,000 years ago. But when did you enter into it? When you believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth. Well, how did you believe? How did you begin to believe? Well, you had to hear. 
You had to hear. Somebody had to preach it. Somebody had to reveal it to you. And once you heard it, believed it, and you began to say it, you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You confess what is, whatever it is. You confess your healing. You confess your deliverance. Whatever it is, you have to believe and confess. Believe and confess. That's the key that unlocks the door of God's blessings in your life. That's the key. I'm giving you the key right there. I pray you hear that. That's the key that unopens, that unlocks the blessings of God in your life. It opened the door to salvation. The biggest blessing that you can ever have. What would it profit a man to gain the whole world? You get all the money, your body's completely healed and still go to hell. What, what difference would that make? The most powerful blessing, the most powerful miracle that you could ever receive is salvation. And we get saved and think it's a light thing. It's not a light thing. But understand something, that it was without your works. So how do we enter into the blessings of God? How do we enter into the promises of God? We hear, we believe, and we speak. We hear, we believe, and we speak. Say it with me. We hear, we believe, and we speak. We hear, we and we speak. One more time. We hear, we and we now you do that with your, your hand too. You can touch yourself too. Uh, it's okay. Here we go. Say with me. We hear, we believe, and we speak. Online community, you do the same thing. Come on, let's do it together. We hear, we believe, and then we, and then we speak. This is how we enter into the promises of God. It's not automatic. Just because it's written in the Bible does not mean that, it's gonna, that you're going to walk into it or begin to enjoy it. Everybody understand that? Just because it's in your Bible does not mean that you will receive the benefit of it. How do I receive the benefit of whatever's in the Bible? By hearing, by believing, by speaking. Okay? That is the key to your entire Bible right there. That is the key to you entering into all the promises of God in your life. So if you don't use the key you won't enter into it. That makes sense to you? That makes sense? You have to enter in. You have to enter in, enter in the door that same way. Now, I'm not saying to you that um, the Lord won't have mercy and just, just you know, send it to you anyway. He can do anything. He is God. But many of us are in the position where we're, where we're living by mercy we're living, we're living hoping and a praying it's going to work out instead of living with the key. It's like you waiting, you going to somebody's house and their car's not in the driveway, but you're knocking on the door. You're knocking on the door, hoping the door's going to come open. You're knocking. There's nobody in the house, but we're at the door knocking, knocking, knocking. But we say, sooner or later they get home. Sooner or later they got to come home, so you keep on knocking. Nobody's home, but you, they're on vacation somewhere, but you're at the door just knocking, knocking, knocking. But they left you a key under the mat. So you can either keep on waiting, waiting, the water's being troubled, and you can wait your turn one day to maybe get in there. Or you can just pick up the mat, get the key, and go on in the house. Now don't mess up this stuff. Don't eat up all their food. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Make sure you put the key back under the mat. Anyway, let's go away from that example. All right. How are you going to receive? By hearing, by believing, and by, by speaking, by confessing. Are you hearing me? All right. So there are promises here in Psalm 91. Just because it's in the Bible, just because we're going to this is because it's there does not mean you'll walk in it. How are you going to walk in it? By hearing, by believing, and by speaking or by confessing. So because they are there, you're going to take possession of these today. Isn't that wonderful? Just like you took possession of your salvation and you know that you're saved now. By, saying, by the same token, the promises that are in Psalm 91 are for you. You that will hear, you that will believe, and you that will speak. 
Okay, we're living in awful times now, terrible times. There's devastation, there's ruin everywhere. All you gotta do is watch the news. But God promises to keep you safe and secure through it all. You understand that? Through it all. How do we enter into it? By keep knocking till they come home or by using the key? Now, God has given you the key. You know what the key is, right? What is it? By hearing, by believing, by, by confessing, by speaking. All right, so that's what we're going to do through this entire psalm today. Hallelujah. All right, so. We know that uh, Psalm 91 is in three parts. Uh, it's, in the, it's a defensive psalm, an offensive psalm, uh, and it is also a psalm of vindication. All right, we're going to go ahead and read the entire psalm, uh, Psalm 91. Uh, these are precious promises. And you'll notice as we're reading this psalm that you'll notice that there's a lot of danger here. A lot of bad stuff is going. Thousands of people are dying. Falling on the left and the right side. There's disease. Uh, there's pestilence. Arrows are flying. What we say today, bullets or missiles are flying around everywhere. People are terrified. People are afraid. This talks about a terrible end time. But this also says that God will keep his people safe during it. But again, just because it's written in your Bible does not mean you can have it. You have to hear you have to believe, and then you have to confess. This is the key. Turn to your name and tell him, you've got to use the key. All right, so let's go on now. So it says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that, walk, uh, that um, walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou Behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high in thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the, the young lion and dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Say praise the Lord. Now, it is a very good idea for you uh, to read over this psalm daily. Sometimes read it two or three times. Because uh, the more you hear it, the more faith will come for it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, it is my plan today to go nice and slow so that you can understand all the words that are coming out of my mouth. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, Let's start today. Let's go back up now to verse number one and two. Make sure that you understand because the devil can steal stuff from you if you can't understand it. If you can't understand or don't understand, it can be taken from you. So we're going to take our time and make sure that you have a good understanding. Say with me, Holy Spirit, help me to understand your word by your grace. All right, here we go. All right, so let's look at um, one and two. It says again, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and fortress, my fortress, uh, my God in him will I trust. Now, notice again, it says he that, he that dwelleth. Now, is that future or is that in the past or is that currently? Currently. 
That's right now, right? Right now. He that. So that's a decision that you and I have to make at this very moment. He that or she that dwelleth in the secret place. Now, Jesus tells us about the secret place many times. Matter of fact, he says, if you um, give, when you give, give in secret that your father may reward you openly. He says, when you pray, pray in secret that your father will reward you openly. In other words, the secret place is the place that you or you and the father commune together. You've got your place with him, a place where you meet him, a place where you meet him. Of course, it can be a physical place. Maybe it's a closet in the house. If you got a nice prayer closet, it can be your car. It can be your truck, a time where you just sit with God and the two of you commune together. That's the secret place. Secret means it's a hidden place, hidden away from the eyes of others. You know, you get away with God into a secret place, a hiding place. He that dwelleth, the word dwell means to abide there and continue to be there. Now, there's a difference in, uh, does everybody have a house or somewhere you live? Who, who has a house or somewhere you live? All right, most of us have a house or somewhere we live. I think all of us can say that. I got one of those, right? There's a difference between that and a hotel. Or a motel. Hotel, motel, or Holiday Inn. Right? There's a difference. Yeah, I know some of you got that. There's a difference. Hotel, motel, holiday inn, right? That's where you go just for me. You don't dwell there. You're just there for a minute. You're visiting. But you dwell at home. Right? We live in the presence of God. Right? That's where you are. That's where you want to get back to. I want to get into your presence, Lord. That's where you, you feel his presence. You, that's where you feel safe. You feel secure. I want to be with you, Father. I want to be with you. That's home. The secret place is home. Everywhere else, we're just visiting. Right now, I'm visiting with y'all. You're visiting with me. But we choose to dwell in the presence of the Lord, in the secret place of the Lord. There's a difference between your house and a hotel, motel, holiday inn. Are you hearing? All right, so he that dwells, so that's a conscious decision you have to make. I will abide in the presence of the Lord. Say with me, I will abide. I will dwell in the secret place, the presence of the Lord. All right, that's a decision that you're going to have to make. Hallelujah. All right, he said, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high God uh, shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. Now, that's a perk there. Now, if I'm standing in your shadow, that means I'm pretty close to you. I'm pretty close to you, right? All right, so I want you to see something now. Secret place and shadow. Secret place and shadow. Look at verse number two. I will say the Lord, now this will be your confession to those that, that do this, those that decide this. You will say of the Lord, he is your what? Refuge and your fortress and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Now, refuge and fortress, two different things. Now, this will, this will be your confession. Now, here, remember, this is a, these are terrible times. The Lord has sent these things, this psalm to you, Psalm 91 to you, to shield you and prepare you. He wants you to enter into this and receive the promises that are here that you may be spared from all the mess that's going on. Are you hearing? All right. Refuge and fortress, two different things. Refuge talks, uh, rather, let's go with fortress for a minute. Fortress is talking about, you know, large shield walls uh, all, all around, uh, a large fortified wall. And many fortresses had uh, some type of armaments. If you look back in Bible times, they may have had um, uh, some arrow guns or what have you on the side and shooting down if anyone dares to come into the city or whatever well it has fortress can protect itself right let's bring it forth into today's time or let's talk about sci-fi you got your shields up your fortress talks about your shield that's that's all around your house there's a shield shield of protection all around your house job said it's like a hedge of protection all around him the shields are up, Scotty. Shields are up. Okay? But inside of the shield, inside of the fortress, there is a place of refuge. Yes. 
So there is a safe place inside of the safe place. There's an inner safe place. Now this inner safe place is for your emotional stability and well-being. God wants you to feel secure. You know, you can be inside of Fort Knox and have all the people with guns and all this stuff all around. You can be locked into this vault, one of the most, one of the most secure places in this country and still feel afraid. So the Lord, does, does, he doesn't just say uh, that he is our fortress. He says that he's also our refuge. In other words, he wants your heart to feel secure. He wants you to be emotionally secure. So there's an outer place and then there's also an inner place. Now this, you'll find this through the entire Psalm. He wants you to be protected and feel protected. He wants you to be safe and feel safe. Isn't that wonderful? Now this is for you. This is for you. So we have here a secret place and then shadow far and then near fortress far and then refuge near it's near and far it's covered all around and then covered also on the inside because it's going to be important for you to know that you are safe and feel that you are safe when you don't feel safe when people don't feel safe they jump out of windows they do crazy things when they don't feel safe when they don't feel secure God wants you to be safe outside and inside too. Are you hearing? And so here again, understand something that this is a time of crisis. Verse two says again, I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. We're running. Only time you run into a fortress or a refuge is when something is after you. It's a place of safety. Something is going on. When we have to run to a place of safety, run to a shelter, something is happening. So the Lord said that he is our, now here's our confession. I will say the Lord, he is my, you're claiming him to be that shelter for you. You're claiming him to be that shelter, that fortress. You're claiming him to be your refuge. Have you claimed God to be that today for you? So say with me, Uh, Father, I declare that you are my safe place you are my secret place you are my refuge and my fortress under your shadow I will trust are you hearing all right so what do we do we heard we give us we allow ourselves to believe it and then what do we just do we confessed it all right all right, so let's look on a little bit further here. Let's look at down at um, uh, verse number three. So again, verse one and two, in times of crisis, we run to him. In times of crisis, we run to him. We run to the Lord, not from him, but to him. As we said before, human nature, uh, when we haven't trained ourselves, the first thing we do when, when times of crisis come, we run from God. People leave church. Money gets funny, lose a job, something happening, they leave. They just leave the presence of the Lord. They just leave. But we have to choose, Lord, I will stay with you. I will remain with you. I will stay in your presence. You are my refuge and you are my fortress. Okay, let's look at verse number three now. Now we're really going to get into it. Now we want, I want you to see this protection for everyday life. Protection for everyday life. So when you see bad stuff happening on the news, Don't let their fear become your fear. When you see ruin and devastation, don't let their fear become your fear. Because they're panicking, don't take their panic into your heart. Because you're covered by the Lord. The Lord is your refuge. Say with me, he is my refuge and my fortress. What do we do? We heard, we believe, allow yourself to believe it, and you declare that. Are you hearing? This makes it come to pass in your life. Look at verse three. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. I spend a little time here. Now, a snare is is what? It's a trap. It's a trap. Uh, A fowler is a hunter. The trap, God said, I'll deliver you from the trap of the hunter. 
Now, a trap is only as strong as its bait. Some of you have been fishing before. How do I know that? Because I smell the fish, no. <laughs> and no, I don't smell fish. Some of you have tried to fish on the dock or something, right? And you have to have the right type of bait. So I'm told. You have to put uh, something on there for the crappies or something on there for the bass, something on there for the catfish. They like different stuff. In your trap, which is that little hook, bobbling in the water, whatever it is, is only as good as the bait that you use. Now, here's the thing. The devil knows your bait. The devil is the hunter. He knows when to bait you, what to bait you, and what to bait you with. God said, grab a hold of this. He said, I will deliver, look at this. He says, surely he, talking about the father, shall deliver thee, you, me, from the snare or the trap of the hunter. He'll deliver you, say he will deliver me, from the trap of the devil. Okay, that's the hunter. The enemy is the hunter. Now, now, the word deliver here, I want you to see this. The word deliver here talks about uh, to take away or to snatch away. So right away, that is a very powerful fault uh, that the Lord said, I will snatch away. I will take you away from the hunter's trap. But this is not a sudden action. The word in Hebrew, the Hebrew tense of this talks about a process. Something happening over time. There's something that has to happen first before other things can take place. This word denotes movement by suggesting process preliminary to its completion. In other words, there is an action that has to be done in stages before the final result can come to pass. So when God says, I will deliver you from the snare or from the trap of the enemy, I'll deliver you from it. He's not talking about whoop. All right, now you go, you go on with yourself now. Go on, go on. No. That's what we would like. God, get me out immediately. I got myself. Now, understand something. Uh, whose fault is it that we enter into a trap? Is it God's fault? Is it the devil's fault? He put it there. Who is the one who takes the bait? Who eats the bait? Whose name did you sign on a contract? Who said yes to this and yes to that? We take the bait, right? Some of us took some of that crappy bait. And some of the bass fish bait or whatever, whatever kind of fish you are, I'm not calling you a crappy fish, but I'm just saying, or a catfish, I don't know what kind of fish, but anyway, let's go on from there. But we're the ones who take the bait. Now, what we would like to say, okay, I fell in the hole. Oh, Lord, I did it again. I did it again. I did it again. God, get me out. Sure, I will get you out, son. Oh, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. But guess what happens later on down the line? Oh, God, I'm back in it again. I'm back in it again. I'm back in it again. Get me out. Sure, I'll get you out. I'm back out. Yeah, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Lord, I did it again. No. God's way of deliverance is a whole lot better than this. Understand, his deliverance talks about a process, a process that will lead to an end. In other words, in this process, he begins to take the desire out of you for the bait effectively delivering you from the trap. When you no longer have that desire, you see it. Oh, I don't want none of that. Ain't nobody got time for that. I don't want that. Well, I don't want that. This delivers you from the trap. But this is God's process. He begins to take the desire for that bait out of your heart and that delivers you from the trap. Somebody hears that. 
So this is not an instantaneous thing. As a matter of fact, you'll see that uh, many of the blessings or promises in Psalm have to do with process. Process of dealing with you first, taking this out of you first, so that that will effectively deliver you from the trap. Okay, but takes place in stages. And so he says here again, um, surely he will deliver thee. Surely he will deliver you or truly he will deliver you from the snare or the trap of the fowler or the hunter. Say with me. Thank you, Father, for delivering me, for taking that desire, that bait of that bait out of my heart. Thank you for delivering me from the hunter's trap. Now it says, surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and say and. So there's something else that God is going to deliver me from in this text. You stay with me today? The first thing he's going to deliver me is from or deliver you is from the trap of the hunter, the trap of the devil, delivering you from that bait. Second thing he said he'll deliver us from is what? From the noisome pestilence. Pestilence is deadly disease. How many deadly diseases are there right now in our world? There's a whole bunch of them. Flesh-eating bacteria. And just so many diseases out there. So many. So many diseases. God said he will deliver you from the noisome pestilence. He'll deliver you from that disease. So we say, hmm, okay. This delivering too is a process. Process. So by way of process, he will deliver you, snatch your way out of the hand of this disease. Well, how are you going to do that? Well, actually, how God does this is actually in the word noisome. The word noisome here is uh, from the Hebrew word uh, hava. And that means, it means, grab a hold of this, it means calamity. So he will deliver you from the calamity of the pestilence. But it also means, grab a hold of this, it means desire. God said, I'll deliver you from the desire of that deadly disease. Think about that for a moment. The father said, I will deliver you, daughter, son, I will deliver you from the desire of that deadly disease. Hmm. He's personifying deadly disease as if it were a person. I'll deliver you from the desire of the deadly disease. In other words, that deadly disease will have a desire for flesh. I will work on it so that when it comes to you, it will have no desire for you. Therefore, it will not attach itself to you. In other words, God said, over time, I will develop an immunity in your system. So when that comes around, you'll see people getting that disease here and there. You'll see the, you'll see the count of that coming up on the news. There's an epidemic, epidemic, epidemic. And folk are being afraid. Folk are being afraid. But the father said, hey, I got you covered. It will have no desire for you. It will not attach itself to you. I will deliver you. Surely he shall deliver you from the noisome pestilence. Isn't that something? So say with me, Father, I believe and I receive this promise. Thank you for the immunity that you're building up in me now. Thank you for delivering me from the noisome pestilence. Hallelujah. Give God a hand of praise for that. Let's go ahead and praise him for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, many things that we see here, you'll hear about, not only today, but in the coming weeks, months, or years, you'll hear about devastation and ruin and, and ruin and all that stuff that's going on. But don't let it terrify you. Because you have decided to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Because of that, you will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Hallelujah. You're in his secret place. That's that outer place. In the shadow, you're right there close to him. Hallelujah. You're in his refuge, the, larger, the larger place, or rather you're in the uh, fortress, the larger place, but now you're inside of the, inside of the um, fortress, you're in the refuge, in the smaller place, right there wrapped in him. Are you hearing that? Yes. Oh, this is so wonderful. Look at verse number four. We're doing well today. Y'all stay with me? Yes. 
All right, so verse four says, he shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Let's stay here just for a moment. I want you to notice something again. Notice the pattern. Notice the pattern. He will cover thee with his what? Feathers. And under his wings shall you what? Trust. All right, now, you and I don't have feathers, but what do we have at the end of our arms? Fingers. Fingers. So if we were birds, cock-a-doodle. No, that's not the kind of bird I was talking about. It just came out. <clears throat> if we were birds, our fingers would be like feathers, right? On the extremity, on the outside, right? And our arms would be like the wings. So here again, we see he'll cover you with his feathers outward, outward protection, outward protection, outward protection. But then he brings you in to cover you with his arms, cover you with his wings. Isn't that something? Let me, let me, let me, I need, I need a, 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 a volunteer for a second. So come on up, somebody come on up and let, let me illustrate this to you. All right, good. Here, here's um, 1 a.m. as he comes up. All right. Now, because you're a bit tall, I, I need a chair. Somebody give, give, me, give me a chair. Give me a chair. Go ahead. Get the chair. All right. He's going to come up and we, I'm going to illustrate this for you. Okay. Now, the more you see this, the more you can, more you can understand this. Put it down right there. Uh, the more you understand this, the more you can believe it and receive it and really get into your confession. Now, sit down, please. All right. Here we go. Now, turn around the other way, man. Turn around the other way. We're having a good time online community. Those of you that are listening later, he's putting a chair here in the altar for us. All right. So, I will cover him with my feathers. My He is covered by my feathers. You see that? Covered. So he's saved. I'm right here with him. He is covered by my feathers. But under my wings. He is being smothered. Watch the hair. I'm sorry. Watch the hair. Watch the hair. I'm trying to watch the hair. Did you did y'all get that? Yes. Far, but I'm here. He works on this for 15 minutes. Sorry. <laughs> Give him a hand. Thank you. Thank you so much for risking your hair. I feel my afro growing too. But do you see? See what I'm talking about? The father, now this is what the father is doing to you. So you can say where it says, he shall cover, uh, he shall cover thee. You can put your name there. Let's do that. Put your name there. Let's go. He shall cover, that you put your name down there. Okay, let's go. He shall cover Mark with his feathers and under his wings shall Mark trust. You see that? Put your name there because he's talking about you. All right, so we see the extremities, right? Now look at the word trust here. It says, uh, he shall cover, uh, rather, under his wings shalt thou trust. The word trust there uh, means to uh, run to safety. Again, we're running to him to safety, running to safety. So there's something going on. Are we seeking refuge? Trust there means to seek refuge. So something is going on. Something is happening. News and all those broadcasts. Something is happening. But the Lord said, you know, you're running to him. Run to him. And when you get to him, he'll cover you with his feathers. And on his wings, he's going to protect you. In other words, when you're under his wings, you feel safe. You get, a, you get a picture of a mama bird with the little baby birds. And she pulls them all in. She pulls them all in. Right under her. Right? You're going to make you feel safe. They make you feel safe. How powerful is that? Amen. So it says his truth, his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. The word truth there means faithfulness, faithfulness. It means true truth. It means reliability. He will always be there. He will always be there. 
His truth, his faithfulness, his reliability, he will always be there. Now we know from um, Jesus said in John, I believe um, 17, uh, 17, he says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So it is the word of God that is also truth. And isn't God faithful to his word? So his faithfulness will be your shield and buckler. Shield talks about here again, that outward, outward thing right? Outward protection from the enemy. Buckler was a little, a little shield, a smaller shield, just about the size of a plate. And it had a handle right on the inside of that, that a swordsman could use to defend himself in hand-to-hand combat. So think about a small plate. Now we often think about a buckler, God will take me with his shield and his buckle, not belt buckle, but buckler is was a small shield small shield that the swordsman used for hand-to-hand combat you know to defend himself from the enemy's blade so he had protection close up and he had protection far off can anybody see that pattern again fortress far out refuge close in feathers far out wings close in so God's got you covered in both places Not only are you protected, but he wants you to feel protected. Not only are you safe, he wants you to feel safe. You grab a hold, you got that? Isn't that powerful? Let's go a little bit further. Now, as a result of this, God being your shield and your buckler, as a result of you um, coming into his place of safety, verse five comes into play. Y'all ready? Say with me, I'm ready. Verse five says, thou shalt not be afraid of, thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. Highly prophetic language here. He said, you will not be afraid because, because you've made the Lord your refuge, your hiding place, because he has covered you with his feathers and on his wings shall you trust, because his truth His word, his reliability, his faithfulness in your life is your shield and buckler because his truth has become your shield and buckler because his truth, his faithfulness has become your shield and buckler. Let's talk about that for a second. Somebody says something bad to you. Oh, bing. His truth is my shield and buckler because I know what he said to me that that cannot come to pass. His truth is my shield, and it's also my buckler. He keeps me safe on the inside. Because of that, you shall not be afraid. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night. Now, the word for there can also be translated of. So it can also read, thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night. Now, the terror by night. Let's go over that because this is big. The terror by night It's not just talking about night terrors or having bad dreams. That's bad, but this is not what this is talking about directly here. This is a terror by night is talking about when you have strong, a strong feeling that something bad is about to happen at any second. And you feel this evil presence all over you and you're so afraid when the lights have gone down, when the sun has gone down, this terror comes upon people. And this is when we pray, Lord, let the sun come up. Because you've been so afraid all night long. I wonder if anybody ever felt like that before. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there. Night terrors. Night terror. There's this foreboding sense of evil. Something bad is happening. There's something outside. There's something around the corner. It's a demonic attack coming against you to terrorize you when the sun goes down. When the sun goes down. He said, because God has become your shield and your buckler, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night. In other words, God will give you a sense of boldness that will override those things. That stuff won't even come to pass in your mind. You want to to have a thought of it. God said you will not fear it. Now, this is happening at night. Say night. Night. Then it says, nor for the arrow that flyeth when? By day. So, grab a hold of this. When this time of judgment, 
When this time of crisis hits the nation, hits the world, there'll be people scared to death at night and scared to death during the day. No peace. No peace. As we pray, Lord, let the morning, let the, let the sun come up. Let the sun come up. This is a, such a terrible night. I can't wait for the sun to come up because joy comes in the morning. Oh, please let the sun come up. But when the sun comes up for them, here comes arrows flying, stray bullets flying, missiles flying. Did you hear that? Missiles flying. Are you hearing? Sudden destruction. Sudden destruction flying back and forth. So he said, you won't be because you made the Lord your shield. You won't be terrified during the night and you won't be terrified during the day. Isn't that something? And it goes on to verse number six. I think we'll stop here for the day. Verse number six talks about continues what we won't be afraid of. Verse six says, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness nor, not going to be afraid of either, for the destruction that's waits at noonday. Now, pestilence here again is a plague. But listen, it says, now this is a different plague than what we saw before. That was a noisome pestilence. This is not a noisome pestilence. This is something different. Now here again, these are things that will also come upon the earth. You want to be spared from it? You got to use your key. And not just one moment in the church service here, you got to declare the word of God when you get home and continue to declare the word of God. Are you hearing? It says, nor for the pestilence or, or plague, this word here is plague, nor for the pestilence or plague that walketh, or the word walketh here means to live, move, or stalk nor for the plagues that stalk or move in darkness. Now that's talking about, here again, a plague is different from a disease. A plague is something that affects people on a massive scale and that takes people over quickly. And they meet with destruction. They die quickly. Are you hearing? He says you won't even be afraid of that. For the plague that stalks in the darkness, something, something that has to do with darkness, something that is unseen will be tripping people up and they will somehow not knowingly in the darkness, not knowingly be um, affected and contract this plague. But God said, don't even worry about that. I got you covered. Are you hearing? He said, you won't be afraid of that. You'll have no inkling of that. That, that is going to come upon you. He said, you won't be afraid of that plague that walks in darkness or that stalks in darkness, nor for the destruction or the devastation uh, that waits or that awaits or destroys at noonday. So there'll be many things happening at noonday. What did we see before this? We saw the arrows that uh, were flying at noonday, right? Rather, or in the day. And destruction happens here, or devastation happens at noonday. So grab a hold of this, that there's a lot of things happening. There are bombs, there are missiles, there are stray bullets flying everywhere. There are diseases, there are, uh, there's plagues, and all these things are happening all around us. And because we live in this technology age, we get to see it. We get to see people, oh, Channel 5, Channel 11, whoever, they, they, they're interviewing people. This is what's happening here, CNN. This is what's happening here. Look at this, look at this. Look, this is what's happening in this state, in this place. And, and for the most part, people be afraid. Oh, people's hearts, Jesus said in the last days, people's hearts will fail them because of fear. Oh, fearing, what, fearing the things that are coming upon the earth. Oh, they're so afraid, so afraid. But God said, you won't fear that. He said, you won't fear that. You won't fear that. Let's look down at, um, look at verse seven. It gets even more graphic here. Verse seven says, a thousand shall fall at thy side and 10,000 at thy right hand. But, say but. But, but it shall not, say it shall not, shall not. Come, nigh come nigh thee. Look at this out of the New Living Translation. It says, though a thousand fall at your side, Though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. 
Come on, somebody shout glory to God. Are you hearing? Oh, this is powerful. He said, these evils shall not, say shall not, touch me. All right, let's, let, let's, let's, let's use the key. Uh, we have heard, so now we, we allow ourselves to believe. Say, I believe it. And I confess that these evils shall not touch me, my family. It shall not touch us. In Jesus' name. Are you hearing? Now look at verse 8. We're trying to close out, but look at verse 8. Verse 8 says this, what? Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Now you say, well, so-and-so is not wicked, but why did they get that disease? Why did they get that plague? Well, so-and-so may be a good moral person, but because they're not under the covering, that good person will get that plague. They may not have deserved it because it says it's a reward of the wicked. Reward of the wicked or the punishment for the wicked. That's what it's meant for. The punishment for the wicked. It's not meant for us. It's a punishment for the wicked. But if Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so has not used the key and are not under the covering They'll partake in the reward that belongs to somebody else. And don't blame. They say, why you blame? God did this to me. God, no, God said, I gave you the key. And so what I'm telling you today, as we dive into this and receive this key, and as you declare this in, as you declare this in your home, you get together as a family, you just speak this word. I speak this word over my family, over my children. I declare this word personally. I declare this word. I declare it, declare it, declare it. And you'll see when this stuff happens, and as it is happening now, this won't come near you. Can we do one more? All right. So you will observe the punishment of the wicked, but you won't be a part of it. You'll observe it. You'll see it, but you won't be part of it. Look at verse nine. Because now here is a confirmation verse of verse one and two. It says, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation. Now grab a hold of this. Now this is a causative verse. You have done something and something is about to happen. Because you've done something, something's about to happen. Listen, it said, because thou, because you, say, because I have made. Now, the word made there means to appoint. It means to set in place. You've decided that God is your habit, that God is your refuge and your habitation. You've decided beforehand. Remember, they have uh, emergency shelters. They say, in time of disaster, you go here and you go there. You have decided beforehand that God is your refuge and your habitation. Amen. Habitation here is a shelter or a safe place. You've decided. So say with me, Father, I decide now. I appoint you to be my shelter and my safe place. I confess this with my mouth. And I believe this in my heart. You are my safe place and my shelter. Oh, we're saying that now. You hear this? This is so wonderful. You're doing this now before this stuff hits. Now, might as well go on, right, Gene? Here we go. Because of that, now here it comes. Give your neighbor a high five and tell him now it's coming. Because of that, now get ready, because this is what God Almighty, the Almighty One, the self-sufficient one, is about to declare on your behalf. This is what he says in verse number 10. He says, there shall what? No evil befall thee. No, none. Verse 9 says again, because thou hast appointed the Lord. You've appointed the Lord, the Most High, which is your habitation, which is your um, refuge, even, even the Most High is your habitation. Because you've done that, this is happening. There shall no evil, not even one, 
No evil uh, befall thee, neither shall any plague. I love that. Neither shall any plague, no, not one, come nigh thy dwelling, come nigh your house. It's not going to happen. You will see it with your eyes, but it won't come near you. Do you receive that? Why is this happening? Or how is this happening? How is this happening? How is it that there'll be no evil befalling me? How is it uh, that no plague can even get around my house? It's because of an unseen force. It says in verse 11, for or because he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. In other words, the word charge means to command. God from his sovereign throne commands his angels. Angels! And they all come. Angels, I command you. I give you command. Do not let any evil befall so and so. Do not let any plague come near their house. Go now. And so they've gone. And so they've, they, they've, they've made some sort of chain, some sort of barrier around you, linking in hand by hand, shoulder, 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 side by side. Evil, you will not befall them. Plague, you will not come near their house. God said, I've given my angels charge. I've given them command over you that this shall not happen. So when you see the reward of the wicked, all this stuff happen, don't let their fear become your fear because you have made the Lord our resting place, our refuge, even the most high, your habitation. And he said, because you did that, I've sent them. Say with me, I've got angelic protection. Right now. Listen to this same verse, verse 11 in the uh, New Living Translation. It says, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Wherever you go. Look at verse 12. They shall bear you up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Look at this in the, NI, uh, the NLT again. It says, they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Now, whose fault is that you hurt your foot on a stone? Whose fault is that you stub your toe at home? Yours. This is a self-inflicted wound. But during that time, the angels will protect you from you. They are assigned to protect you, protect you from those self-inflicted injuries. Oh, don't let them. Hold them up. Keep on going. Are you hearing? Hallelujah. Now, let's go ahead and finish out in verse 13. He said, now here's the, our defensive posture. Can't get it all, so we're just going to go through. He said, thou shalt tread upon the lion and, uh, and adder, the young lion and dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Now you are crushing the enemy. Up until this point, we've hidden in God. He has been our refuge. He has been our fortress. We've been under his wings, right? We've been behind his shield and a, and a buckler. But now he says, go out, children, and show the devil the bottom of your foot. You will crush. You will crush. You will trample on the lion and the, and the adder, the young lion and the dragon. You're going to trample these things under your feet. Now, look at verse 14. It says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. Process. I will deliver him. I will set him on high. In other words, God said, I will exalt you above your enemies. I will accept you on high because he have known my name. I have to get that next time. He shall call upon me and I will answer. Answered prayers. Immediate answered prayers. He will call and I will answer. An open, an open gate, open communication to the Father. During this time, you will call, the Father will answer. Amen. Awesome. He said, I will be with him in trouble. That's now. He said, I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. I pray you've heard the word of God today. Give God a hand of praise. We're going to stop it right there for today. Give God a hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say with me, I am safe. I am protected. 
There are angels all around me. Because of that, no evil shall befall me. For they have been given charge, commanded to protect me. I receive that now. I believe that now. And I confess that now. And it is so in my life. In Jesus' name. Now give the Lord another hand of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, praise God like you actually believe it. Praise God like he gave you the key. Like he gave you the key to keep you and your family safe. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He gave you the key. Glory to God. You're going to see. You're going to see before the Lord return, we're going to see a lot more stuff. But isn't it good to know, even as we saw there in Egypt, when all the plagues, when the lights went out with, from all the Egyptians, I mean the people of God, they had light in Goshen. The Lord had a way of protecting his people. Even when the flood of Noah came, God had a way of protecting his people. He has a way of protecting his people through calamity, through destruction. He has a way of protecting his people. I'm telling you, Psalm 91 is a part of that deliverance for us. Use your key. Use your key. So next week, God willing, we'll finish this up and go a little bit further. We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.